Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you this wonderful morning. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. We are starting our conversation, well, we're starting recording our conversation uh, about Galatians this week. Uh, Y'all, if you haven't uh, listen to the previous episode, introducing and giving an overview of Galatians. Please, please do that. Uh, gives a good uh, summary of kind of the, the dominant Protestant way of understanding uh, Galatians and contrasting with kind of generally how each of us see things, as well as highlighting a couple of words that express that. But uh, yeah, this morning, we're just going to talk about Galatians 1. Uh, a few of the words we're going to be talking about are anathema which is here consider them designated for destruction in verse 8 we might talk a little bit about judaism in 13 uh presuppositions of the precepts passed down uh in 14 uh and that really could use like a german thing because it's like a whole phrase but one word Uh, Uh (laughs) like uh we're gonna talk about uh from my mother's womb in 15 my flesh and blood in 16 probably and then uh at the end we're going to talk about allegiance instead of faith and that's in verse 23 so as always if you haven't had a chance to read brandon's translation uh we are gonna read excerpts of it uh but uh, for those of you joining on youtube or facebook we will have the translation up on the screen here in a few minutes uh and there is uh, a google doc a link to the Google Doc in the episode notes and the video posted as well. So, uh, as always, be sure to check out the footnotes. Uh, so, go ahead, hit pause, and give it a read. Hey, everybody, welcome back. First word we're going to talk about is. Uh, a very small shift uh, on the face of it that I think has pretty good implications. We talked about this in Ephesians briefly, but I love it so much. I wanted to start all of Galatians with this. Um, in verse four, uh, it says, uh, you know, the, the, I'll just start in verse three, but the word we're getting at is desire. So listen for that. Good fortune and peace be to you from Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave himself toward the balance of our deviations so he could rescue us from the impending age of hardship based on the desire of our God and Father who is celebrated from age to age. Amen. Now, usually that, that that's, is that will there instead yeah. of desire? Yeah. Yep. That's what's usually there. That's great. And why, why did you shift that? Why are you departing from the will of God? Oh man, I know. Right. Um, because I think what we've talked about, like you said, we've talked about before, it's this sense of that's fellow is the word there. And it just means want or desire. It's not this super weighty word like that we talk about the will of God. It's yeah, it could be like, I want a, a sip of my coffee. Like that would be mm-hmm. the word in Greek for that. Um, or like it- I want to change careers and become whatever, like something big like that. Same word, just like want and desire in English can have a range of, of weightiness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And contrasting that with will, which has, um, to me, a much more mm-hmm. not, 
like generally I take it to mean um, my intention, my, or plan, somewhere between intention mm -hmm. and plan. Mm -hmm. And then Christianity has of, of a particular variety, classic theism has really emphasized the sense of like the will of God being right. Something of a meticulous ordering of right. The, if it's the God's more, will, it, it's going to happen no matter yeah, what. Yeah. God yeah. always gets God's will and God's will is because is because God is so big and mm -hmm. it's, it's a very meticulous will and ordaining um and it gets into all the predestination shit um but that right. all like lands here so people like i've known folks who have just had profound anxiety of like have i left the will of god have i departed from god's will can i ever right. get back into god's will or or um just an incredible amount of hand-wringing about things that could be very mm -hmm mundane like what is god's will for me for like what i should wear today or it's like well that, right. i mean god does care about all kinds of things but see how i just slipped into the word care it's a heart mm -hmm. thing it's an affection right. thing. yeah yeah it's much what's the word that i'm looking for i was gonna say broader or looser it's yeah god doesn't pick out your outfit for you if what you're wearing is harming someone in some way or like it might be like if i'm going to an aa meeting and i'm not gonna wear like a budweiser t-shirt or something right like it's like yeah. that might be counter to what god would want because mm -hmm. it's thoughtless it's it you know but it's not it's not like oh i wore this shirt and god really wanted me to wear this shirt this was the one right answer and i messed it up you know like yeah like how does this affect the sacred ecosystem of belonging and communion and shalom that god is calling all of humanity and creation into mm -hmm. um that's god's will is for all of that god wills some have said like the one th in the same way that like with predestination carl bart said god predestined jesus christ alone <laughs> mm. And all of us are in Christ. And that's how he gets to universalism, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But in the same way, it's like broadly God, God wills shalom, but it, it doesn't live at a meticulous, like controlling thing, like, like computer code. Right. Right. It's, it's about it's the like, kind of, the kind of actions that you're doing that are based in mm -hmm. the values, the things that God cares about, the things that we are trying to develop ourselves into being people who care about living that kind of way not yes. the specific choice is correct or incorrect like that there's one correct answer and an infinite number of incorrect answers yeah yeah there's only <laughs> i've been to 10 million multiverses and this is the only one where we defeat thanos like it's, <laughs> it's like, oh my god no pressure <laughs> Right. Uh, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. And and that because that's not it's not how the universe works, because that's not how God works. This broadly right. all aligns with um this um kind of course uh summary or contrast that we have. Like we are not big into binaries, either of us, 
but we're our contrastive binary here is God, that's a religious technical phrase. Good lord, uh, is the authoritarian God versus the God revealed in Jesus in the crucified one. Mm -hmm. And right. the will of language is very authoritarian, mm -hmm. or it can move yeah. in a profoundly authoritarian way. Right. Yeah, and I think we've been talking about that authoritarian piece for a bit, like the the tradition of English translations, uh, which have greatly influenced other languages yeah. translations too. Um, really starting with the King James is all about like the English Bible before that was the Matthew Bible and King James banned it because it was not authoritarian enough and commissioned his own version called it King James be because he specifically wanted it to be more authoritarian to, to, to shore up people's a sense that I I have the right to be authoritarian because God yeah. is for authoritarianism. Good God. Uh, yeah. Not well, I rather not a good enough God. Yeah. But then all the all the translations since then have been based in the foundation that King James set for us. And so you can then see how the that authoritarian vision of God and what it means to be human or the church or whatever that all like shows up as like the other contrast we've had is the rule breaking way of telling the story. The core problem right. is everybody broke the rules. It's like, that's another way of saying being outside the will of God, mm -hmm. whereas an affective, a heart disposition is our God's desires and longings living and finding animation in me, like Christ in me, the hope of in us, all the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. Um, kingdom of god is justice and peace and joy in the holy spirit these are heart things like what mm -hmm. what what a person loves that's where their treasure is there's right. so much god right. is love it's all there mm -hmm. so to be able to make this shift it's not just like getting rid of the the bullshit authoritarianism it's also creating this amazing space for well anybody can love anybody can desire mm -hmm. and anybody can i can feel an actual connection to god through the God who desires as, as opposed to the God who beats people up for not following, for not coloring in that one narrow yeah, Thanos-defeating really, story. It really sounds like a DV relationship, the sense of like, you didn't do what I wanted. We've got a problem. Oof. Yeah, I guess another way of talking about this is is the abuser God versus the the tender God. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of abuse, who I think we should probably talk about that next verse. Yeah, uh, verse eight, ending with um, where is it? Uh, designated, designated yeah. for destruction. Yeah, can you uh, can you set this yeah. up? Yeah, I'll read. I'll read this little little paragraph here but yeah listen for designated for destruction it happens twice eight and nine mm -hmm. um yeah i'm amazed that you are shifting over so soon from the one who called you with christ's generosity to a different triumphant message which is not actually another one except some people are causing you distress and wanting to turn the message of christ's triumph into something different instead even if we or a messenger from the sky announce a triumphant message to you besides the triumphant message we announced to you 
consider them designated for destruction. Like we have said before, and I am now saying again, if anyone announces a triumphant message besides what you have received, consider them designated for destruction. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Also, I feel like in their triumphant message was in there like four or five times, just at least mention that that's how I'm translating euangelion, traditionally gospel or good news. Mm-hmm. But, but And I imagine we'll um, riff off that in the passages ahead. We just didn't want to cover that today. Yeah. Too much, yeah. but. If that if that phrase stands out to you as uh, novel, that's because it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Designated for destruction. Do we want to pull up what some yeah. of the traditional ways of doing this are? Yeah. Here we go. Stop sharing. Open that up. Yeah. There's there's kind of the traditional accursed is kind of what most do with it but there's there's one in particular that really stands out to us as Uh taking some liberties here yeah share there we go yep so here's ours consider them designated for destruction which one uh which one stands out to you here brandon the net let so for those listening uh the NET translates it as let him be condemned to hell. The ESV condemned to hell. Let him be accursed. <laughs> the NRSV, let that one be accursed. The NIV, let him be eternally condemned. Brandon has chosen, let them consider them designated for destruction. <laughs> Which, like, even at the beginning, yeah. consider them. It's like it's it's the it's softening it from like certainty to look in your mind you, you may as well think of them as this mm-hmm. it's not even making like a objective claim but right what the hell is going with, on with the net in particular is, man yeah that took a very dark turn yeah well let me just say unquestionably there is no word in the greek there that can be translated as hell like I would never translate any word as hell, but there's not a yeah. word in there that anyone would translate as hell, except for apparently the NET. But um, yeah, found example it's quite, of like quite a leap. Yeah, like shoehorning in their theological commitments where there's really no, literally no grounds for it. Yeah, but if the story is condemned or whatever equals going to hell if that's the story instead of what galatians is about which is what do we do with this tradition of the torah Mm -hmm. which does have some designation for destruction kind of things going on Mm -hmm. then yeah i can see how they would be choosing to air that way but son of a bitch that's (laughs) that's yeah strong That's, that's it's a lot um so i can talk a little bit about how i got to consider them designated for destruction so like you're noticing the difference between let him or let that one uh at least Mm -hmm. i guess nrsv is being gender inclusive in their condemnation hey it's great uh (laughs) ladies you're not excluded either (laughs) yeah 
um, to consider. So it's, this is one, I think we've mentioned a few times before, Greek has a third person mandative. So a mandative being like a verb that's like a command, right? So English oh, okay. does not have an equivalent to that. Um, it, it's hard to even kind of conceive of what that means for English speakers. Um, so I can tell you, yeah. pick up your cup. But Greek has a way to tell someone that, that you're not directly speaking to, to, hey, someone else that I'm not talking to directly, pick up your cup. Um, oh, weird. Yeah. So a third person, so not the person they're speaking to. That's what this is here. And so you that's where you often will see let huh. somebody do something or, or may somebody do something mm-hmm. trying to get at this thing that does English just doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to get at with the consider. It's like, I'm talking to you but you're supposed to have this, have these other people be designated. It's not you. It's so like, you know, so it's just this yeah. weird, like yeah, yeah. kind of around the corner sort of thing. Um, but again, like, yeah, the, the let, in this case, it kind of comes back to almost like what you were talking about, the difference between will and desire. Like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. about how we're conceiving of things, how we're thinking about things, what what's in our mind, what we care about versus like the, like God says something and there's, it, it's going to happen. There's nothing that you can do about it. And yeah, yeah, which is BS. There's all sorts of examples of God saying something's going to happen that it doesn't in Bible, but mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah comes to mind. Mo- God talking with Moses about destroying Israel comes to mind. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But... God said it. That doesn't settle it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry, my microphone is doing weird things. I think it just disconnected or reconnected for some reason. But oh. okay, a little distracting there. But we're all right. Um, where was I? Uh, you were talking about the mandative. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. So now, like, so now, so, so that's the, like, let them consider them. And then the difference between the condemned to hell or accursed, um, Holy shit. <laughs> designated for destruction. So accursed is, is okay, actually, except that we just don't understand that word anymore. We tend to think of like magic, like, yeah. a sorcerer placed a curse on someone and now every time the sun goes down they turn into a bear or something like it's like what like that's but talking about curses in scripture is it's yeah. not about magic it's about having this sense of speaking uh, a, a negative future on someone about someone for someone because of their actions or as the consequence yeah, basically yeah. for for how they've been living um and so this word anathema doesn't show up a lot there's other words for curse too that that's not this um mm-hmm. so this one let me look at my notes here real quick mm-hmm. uh going back and looking in the the greek translation of the hebrew bible the mm-hmm. Hebrew word that this is translating is kerem, 
um, which uh-huh. literally means like a thing devoted to God or even more literally like placed on an altar, basically, like placed on. Okay. Um, and it was used like in, in Leviticus 27, it's talking about anything that's been designated to be sacrificed to God, uh-huh. uh, whether humans or animals or the field of his holding. Um, yeah. Shall not be sold, shall not be redeemed. Anything proscribed is holy of holies to the Lord. No human has been prescribed, may be ransomed. He is doomed to die. Um, so it, it has this context in in war in military stuff there it's there's a ban so like you can't claim this as if for objects you can't claim this as you like your the spoils of your war the loot that you've gained if it's a person you can't like take them as slaves they just have to be executed Mm -hmm. which is uncomfortable but that's the context that it's talking about yeah um and so there's this sense of there's not any coming back. Like if you have rejected the gospel, you have rejected the triumphant message. Like you can't just like be, well, oh, well, that's, that's okay. We're going to like keep you around anyway. Uh, right. No, like they have chosen a different way and mm-hmm. you're not, they don't get to be part of your community while convincing you to constantly to be leaving the path. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it calls to mind like passages about the woes or how i translate it as like uh, you better watch out like in matthew 23 there's like a whole list of them against the pharisees and, and bible scholars yeah um yeah and in, in fact in 23 they're compared to a child of the valley of hinnom mm-hmm. where children were burned alive in greek puts valley of hinnom as gehenna translated as hell so you know there might there's some hellish uh comparisons that i can make yeah that's not the way of death and the way of like national idolatry in a a will to exclusion and violence like broadly that the the whole of um christian memory uses destruction language and death language to Mm -hmm. um represent or signpost all of that like the path of bullshit (laughs) right Um, yeah but it's important to note there's nothing in this sentence in this wording that is talking about after you die yes no this is this is about here and now how we're Mm -hmm. considering people and how history on earth right with your body yeah yeah so condemned to hell assumes it's after you die eternally condemned assumes it's after you die it's not mm-hmm. what this is talking about. It's not really even so much about individuals as how the community is relating to parts of the community. Mm-hmm. It's this is this is a horizontal, horizontal, not vertical, right? Question in the same way that the mm-hmm. um, faithfulness to or obedience to Torah around eating or circumcision, like that, we'll get into later. That's yeah. actually about um, how do you bind and mark the communion of saints, the the people of God. Mm-hmm. The, it's it's not about how, how do you get to heaven, earning it versus 
squeezing your eyes hard enough and believing mm -hmm. <laughs> hard enough to be right slanderous about it yeah and it strikes me too that like the very literal meaning of like placing on the altar as an offering to god uh -huh. like it's also not our job to fix it to to convince to make sure they change their mind or change their ways like it's up to god like we're gonna like not, we're not gonna let you harm the community and mislead people and we're just gonna mm -hmm. let god take care of it you know we're giving you hmm. god. Mm -hmm. hmm. great uh, this is it it's worth noting it's it's a little refreshing to see the esv not be the worst translation it's true <laughs> <laughs> it's the extra stupid version but it's it's the mm -hmm. second least yeah well it's horrible. it's not against women so it's so in this it's verse a, so the esv doesn't yeah, have yeah. yeah it doesn't have a dog NRSV in sends everybody to hell esv just <laughs> sends just sends men. women yeah 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 uh all right yeah. let's switch back yeah. to the other there it is oops share screen that one. Okay. Next word to uh, discuss is in verse 13 and 14, uh, Judaism. Yeah. Give it a read. So I can read that. Mm -hmm. You have heard my old pattern of living regarding Judaism, that in overachieving, I was pursuing God's assembly and destroying it. I was striving to advance regarding Judaism beyond many peers among my people, excessively fanatical for the presuppositions of the precepts of my ancestors. We were just talking hmm. about it. It wasn't one of the things that we were planning to talk about, but it was just noticing like that word overachieving that another way to yeah. do it could have been like going overboard or taking it too far. Um, right, right. Yeah but specifically what's over overachieving was about judaism mm -hmm. um which is interesting to notice like as i was doing this i discovered that this is one of only two places um well they're both in this paragraph actually um mm -hmm. the only two places where the word judaism or judaismo in in the greek Mm -hmm. is in the in the whole bible um so it's kind of hard to know exactly what he means by it um exactly what he's including in in judaism because uh, there's no mm -hmm. there's no context for the word um but it does have to do certainly with being jewish it seems to have to do with his status uh among yeah. the religious leaders or the religious authorities um mm -hmm. But what we do know is that it's uh, not like modern day Judaism because that didn't exist yet. Um, it hadn't, a lot of the, what we now know as Judaism just hadn't been developed yet. So. Yeah, it needed about another hundred years before a lot of that began to really flourish. Mm -hmm. Once they, once uh, that community tried to rebuild the temple twice with Messiah figures, um, mm -hmm it did a lot of soul searching and found a, a new way to be God's people mm -hmm. after that, that that's where my understanding of a lot of modern day Judaism developed. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so <laughs> it is, yeah, there are different, it's almost like when we talk about, um, you know, this is what the, the early church was like, like, what was the church like before Constantine? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that. It's like, well, there is, those are two different Christianities yeah. in some ways. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. With the time we have yeah. left, should we talk about uh, presuppositions? Of the sure. Why, why is that better yeah. than traditions? That's in verse 14. Yeah, there's a sense of... The first thing I hear when I think of traditions is like Christmas tradition. Like it's the, these things that we do, uh, these kind of rituals that we hold together that we mm-hmm. do repeatedly. And that's not what it's talking about here. Um, mm-hmm. It's talking, it's, it is something that's passed down, like that carries that. That's really like the sense of the word in particular is the sense of something that's been passed down. Um, and then there's this word in here like kind of that means like from the beginning kind of mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so there's that there's the presuppositions that are passed down um from the, oh, wow. from the ancestors it's these teachings these sense of this is what you're supposed to do that's being passed down um but not just like these are the things that we do every week in our worship services or rituals that right. we do this is the, the, the yeah. order of the mass or the divine liturgy right. or whatever yeah yeah so it's about like he was excessively fanatical for making sure that the way we've always understood it and done it is the way that it's always going to be understood and done which mm-hmm. sounds really familiar honestly but yep yep yeah for that which we take for granted mm-hmm hmm. Um, okay, we've got three more to hit here. Uh, from my mother's womb in verse. I don't 15, think that's something you uh, want to hit, but that's yeah. I that's why I chuckled yeah. under my breath there. It's like, oh yeah. God, my word choice. Um, yeah, it's telling, isn't it, that our our euphemisms for um, knowledge <laughs> or apprehension can have mm-hmm. violence or. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I want to touch on, I want to get into that. Ooh, that's our language has masculine aggression. Yeah, through and through sometimes. Anyway, uh, so yeah. I'm trying to de-rapify yeah. and de-abuse, disabuse oh, my gosh. language. Yeah, so let's talk yeah. about this. Um, yes. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Verse fifteen. Um, yeah. So the lit- this is actually super literal. So from my mother's womb. Uh, is just very literally what the Greek says there. And I was just noticing that some of the other translations do like before I was born. Um, mm-hmm. And it just struck me like, why are we erasing the woman here? They mean the point is the same in both phrasing, but just yeah. why, why the change? Why are we intentionally changing it to erase the mother? I, I don't I don't know. It was weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a good intuition and my eyebrow is firmly raised about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next one is uh, verse 16, my flesh and blood. Yeah, so I added something here, which makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, Revelation says not to add or take away anything, right? You know, um, yeah. I added the word my. Um, there's reasons for this. So 
the phrase flesh and blood mm -hmm. in English, when you talk about my flesh and blood, means like your family, right? Your people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it does in Greek too. Um, so sarx being the word flesh there, um, blood is frequently used to talk about, you know, like blood is thicker than water. Like it's about fam familial connection. Um, yes. And like we talked about in Matthew, I think it is like the sense of becoming one sarks. Mm -hmm. Like it's not saying physically one physical body and the, or there's not like a magic fusing happening where like you're suddenly the same person. If you ever have sex with anybody else, then you're like magically fused with them now. It's right when you're married, not when you have sex, when you're married, you become yes. one family. Um, and that's that's the significance of Sarks there. Mm -hmm. the, the word traditionally translated as flesh. And that's mm -hmm. that's really what this is talking about. Um, I didn't consult with my kith and kin, my family, the people that are my people before I left. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not just, I didn't talk to humans. I only consult with God. That's a really, really terrible policy when you're trying to discern yes, sir. how to live and what decisions <laughs> you should make to like, just refuse to talk to any other people and only like somehow like hear directly from God, which pray, like do that, like listen to the spirit, do that, but also listen to the spirit through the wisdom of people that you're around. <laughs> that, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, mm -hmm. um, but in this case, he didn't check with his family, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, last thing to talk about, uh, to acknowledge here is uh, in verse 23, they had only been hearing the one who used to pursue us now announces the triumphant message about the allegiance that he used to destroy. Mm -hmm. Now that's a, that's what yeah. the word pistis there in Greek. That, yes. Yep. This yeah, is a so, new way of translating that. We've already hit two others. Discussed yeah. two others. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Faithfulness and trust are often ways that I've been doing it. I think this is the first time that we've come to a spot where I've used allegiance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the dominant way of talking about all the story is uh, faith of particularly the more cognitive a sense notion mm -hmm. of it is right. the thing that gets you to heaven or helps you belong or whatever. Um, but as you've discussed elsewhere, faithfulness is a great way to discuss this. Trust enunciates a different part of pistis, but now mm -hmm. allegiance you're adding to this like list of ways right. to translate the word. Yeah, it has to do with faithfulness or trust that have this kind of reciprocal relationship where there's mm -hmm. a sense of commitment like yes and that's what it's trying to get here with this word allegiance it's it's he was trying to pursue destroy this commitment to this particular way of trusting god and being faithful to god and the path that christ mm -hmm. showed and taught um so it's that allegiance that commitment to it um, okay. that he was trying to destroy. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think that's a fantastic uh, layer to uh, keep close to the surface here, uh, this mm -hmm. sense of allegiance, like the kind of yeah. um, way of relating to Jesus Christ that is fairly consistent across the New Testament is 
it's it's a there is a political social dynamic to it mm-hmm. of allegiance i am trusting and pledging this is the this, this is the hope and story that i am giving myself to mm-hmm. over america over rome over um being mm-hmm. a male over whatever it yeah. is over being a christian right uh yeah. is 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 an allegiance to jesus and there are times when our allegiance to jesus may put us in tension with any other security loyalty or way of making sense of the world mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and that's what we're going to conclude on today yeah. uh thanks everybody for joining us for this leg of the journey we are glad to share it with you the easiest way to support found in translation is to leave us a rating or review uh, on whatever app or pl- player you've been enjoying this on. It makes it easier for more people to find the show. Second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor for just $5 a month. When you do that, you get the comment access on the translations Google Doc and the satisfaction that you are supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can uh, find the link to join the community in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Found in Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. <laughs>